You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as our guests walk us through the truth of God's Word and teach us the Bible. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Hey everyone, my name is Tim Webb, one of the pastors here at Champion Fellowship, and I'm with David Klingler, who is leading us through Teach Me the Bible podcast. And today, David, I just want to check in with you and just maybe have you speak to this issue of how big this story is. And we're just in Genesis. Some people are joining with us that have never read the Bible. Right. John 3.16 may be their only verse that they are familiar with. <laughs> and then we've got some seasoned saints, you know. Right. That right. Have, is, so some people may be going, how long is this going to take? Are we going to just stay chapter to chapter? Are we going to cover book to book, uh, overview? Um, you know, so I think it would be great to just kind of explain to our people that are listening kind of what we're looking at before we jump back into Genesis today. But also, I want to uh, just make everyone aware who's listening, if they have questions, teach me the Bible at championfellowship.org. If they have any questions, teach me the Bible at championfellowship.org. They can send in questions. We'll go over those questions, and it may be something that's very relevant for what we're walking through for the day. And for some, it may be just something that's timely and just say, hey, yeah, let's go ahead and address this while we're going through here. But uh, getting back to some of some of the people that are new to the story, uh, we're in Genesis right now. What's this kind of going to look like as we're going along? Good. Yeah. For, first of all, if you have any questions, always feel free to reach mm-hmm. out uh, to uh, ask questions through that email uh, also, we've got Sunday school on Sundays and Tuesday morning men's study. And so mm-hmm. there's other uh, ways to connect uh, as well. But uh, if in the story, if we don't get the, the kind of where the story's going nailed down, mm-hmm. uh, then it's, it's tough to explain it later. So in Genesis, we're moving chapter by chapter. Mm-hmm. We're going to start to pick up the pace. By the time we get, uh, see in next two weeks, we'll be in Genesis. And then we're going to talk about the Old Testament story and, and, mm-hmm. Uh, what happened in the history of Israel. And so we're going to talk more in general terms there. We're not going to mm-hmm. go chapter by chapter. We'd be here until uh, the return long time. of Christ or, <laughs> or we're all dead. We don't want to do that. Yeah. Um, uh, but at least get a general feel for where this thing's headed, uh, the mm-hmm. prophets, and get into the Gospels so that we're kind of laying a template for how do we understand the New Testament mm-hmm. and we can get into some uh, some New Testament books and mm-hmm. and, and make, uh, make it all fit together. Yeah, and, you know, for those that have been you know, in your teaching, under your teaching for quite some time, even when we get to the New Testament, uh, we're going to going through a letter. We're still going to see, we're still going to have times where we're going to go back and forth from Old Testament, New Testament, how it all ties together, right? Right. Nothing new is in mm-hmm. the New Testament. Everything right. has been introduced in the story through Israel's history, mm-hmm. anticipated by the prophets, uh, realized in the person of Christ mm-hmm. in the Gospels, and now explained to the Gentiles by Paul, for example, mm-hmm. in Paul's mm-hmm. letters. And so right. Paul is, is saying, um, look, you, you know, I know y'all don't know this, Gentiles, but let me explain life to you. Mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and so he's yeah. just going right. back, referring back to the story. Right. And I think that's very important, and especially because we're in Texas, our location, but we're going to have people from all over the world listening to this. Uh, but we need to understand this concept, Genesis, Israel, 
um, old moving through the Old Testament and then the Gentiles being brought in because our tendency, as you've said many times, is to make this about us. Right. But as Gentiles, we are Gentiles. And if we don't nail this down, we're going to miss so much of the context. Yeah, the story is about us. I mean, we're in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but how did, but we're not in the beginning of the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in, you know, whatever cent was this 21st century. I've lost track. <laughs> I'm so old now. Uh, Texas. Um, we're not in, um, you know, uh, you know, 2000 BC. Yeah. Right. Uh, Abraham. Right? We're not. Going across the wilderness. But what happened a uh, long time ago in a place far away, sounds like Star Wars, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Affects us now. That right. that story began mm-hmm. at creation, and it has flowed all the way through God's promises and all mm-hmm. the way to us here today. And mm-hmm. so uh, we need to know that. Uh, we need to know that story and know that God's been faithful right. and still right. is faithful. So, So in light of how faithful he's been in the past— to all mm-hmm. of the saints throughout the ages, now we know something about his character, mm-hmm. and we know what to anticipate now. Right. So, and that story is going to get tighter and tighter. So today we're jumping back into Genesis. Yes, we've been talking about Abraham, uh, Abram, who becomes Abraham. We're in his journey. So let's jump back in to where. Yeah, and so, so the important thing to to remember about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Um, for us, those are just names, um, you know, Gentiles. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. I knew an Abraham once. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I knew an Isaac. <laughs> I knew an Isaac, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, but for Israel, these were their patriarchs. These were their uh, beginning of the nation. And uh, and what, were, what Israel was reading uh, as they were reading the book of Genesis was they were learning about their role and how mm-hmm. they were to relate to the nations, right? And mm-hmm. so, for example, in chapter 20, um, uh, this is uh, the second time, back in chapter uh, uh, chapter 12, uh, at the mm-hmm. end of chapter 12, um, Ab- uh, Abram, uh, a famine uh, comes in the land, and he deserts immediately and goes down to Egypt, mm-hmm. and then he presents his wife as his sister. Uh, he's fearing... Pharaoh, he's not fearing the Lord. Um, and, um, you know, and so Israel is learning, look, you don't fear the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. You don't fear Pharaoh. You don't fear Egypt. You don't fear Assyria or Babylon. You fear the Lord, right? Um, and so here we are again in uh, chapter 20. And now Abraham is doing the same thing. He journeyed from there mm-hmm. to the land of Negev. And you go, oh, no, here we go again. Mm-hmm. He's on his journey. <laughs> and he does the same thing. And he presents right. his, uh, sis- his uh, Sarah, uh, his wife, says she's my sister. And, and, uh, but what's interesting here is, uh, is that Abimelech, uh, um, he negotiates a, a basically a peace treaty. Abraham is... Uh, representing God to the nations, uh, to mm-hmm. the, the Gentiles, even in his disobedience, in his uh, in his lack of faith, um, you still have people coming to faith. And uh, verse seven says um, God's going to you know wipe out uh, Abimelech because he is um, going to touch uh, Sarah. Well, right. a promise to Abraham is a promise to Sarah. You touch Abraham, you touch the Lord. Mm-hmm. You touch the Lord's promise, and if you touch Sarah, you touch the Lord's promise. And so Abimelech says, wait a second, that was mm-hmm. not my intention. Right. Uh, and the Lord says, 
therefore restore this man's wife, for he is a prophet. He's talking about mm-hmm. uh, talking to Abimelech, saying, "Restore Abraham's wife, for he's a prophet, and he will pray for you, and you, you will live." live. Um, now, remember, this story is not just talking about you know live for the next few days. But we're talking about eternal life, live, right. and so so now. Abraham is Abraham is is the mediator of the blessing of eternal life to the Gentiles, and Israel's learning about it, and Abraham's mm-hmm. learning about it, and uh, and now in chapter twenty one, the promise uh, of the son uh, that was given uh, earlier in the story uh, is now realized in the birth of Isaac, and mm-hmm. and so now the story is looking for this uh, this one who uh who will pay for sin and and so the story saying okay is this the one and right. and um I, the lord is uh, tells abraham to to sacrifice isaac and he's going to do it but then a, subs- a substitute is granted and so mm-hmm. now uh as we talked about i think last week that that uh, now the reader knows uh that isaac is not the promised one mm-hmm. a substitute is given and you're still looking for the seed, the promised seed, who will make his enemies a footstool for his feet. Uh, he will possess the gate uh, of their enemies. Uh, it says in verse 17 is how it's translated. Actually, uh, your seed, talking to Abram, uh, Abraham will possess the gate of his enemies. Um, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail yeah, against it. I mean, mm-hmm. it's all the same mm-hmm. language. Right. Right? That, that the promised seed, Messiah, Christ, uh, the gates of hell... Uh, will not prevail against it. Uh, and so uh, this is the promise. Uh, and a promise to Abraham is a promise to Sarah. Well, in chapter 20, uh, 23, Sarah dies. And mm-hmm. so now they've only had one kid of promise, and that's Isaac. And so now, you know, you're the director with the camera. Your camera's squarely on right, Isaac. Right. He doesn't have a kid, and he doesn't have a wife. Doesn't have a wife. Okay, well, uh, uh, I guess we need to get him married, right? right. So the next chapter is... Uh, Isaac gets married. Right. Well, that makes sense, oh, yeah. right? Isaac gets married, uh, and then uh, the next chapter you get Abraham. He gets he gets uh, remarried and has other kids, but kicks them all out of the land. Mm-hmm. And so you only have one kid in the land carrying the promise with a wife. Mm-hmm. You go, okay, what's the next? What's going to happen? Well, we need a son. Mm-hmm. Well, funny thing, we get two. Right, seed of the woman, seed, seed of the serpent. serpent, Jacob, Esau. Esau. Jacob, have I loved Esau, have I hated? Mm-hmm. Notice at the end of chapter 24, uh, a promise to Isaac now is a promise to his wife, Rebecca. Right? And so mm-hmm. now you're looking for this blessing to come through Rebecca. Uh, this is in verse 60. May you, our sister, become a thousand of ten thousands, and may your seed possess mm-hmm. the gate of those who hate him. They translate it as them, but it's not the gate, the gate of those who hate him. So we're, now we're looking for Abraham and uh, Isaac, Isaac and Rebecca. Rebecca is going to have two sons. Uh, and in chapter 23, we learn that the older will serve the younger. So now the camera is on the younger. That's Jacob, right? So mm-hmm. Esau and Jacob, um, just as uh, back uh, earlier in the story, Abraham was pleading the case uh, for Ishmael. Hey, right. let Ishmael live before you. No, no, it's Isaac. Uh, in other words, Abraham picks the wrong kid. So also does Isaac. Isaac does too. Mm-hmm. In chapter uh, 25, um, Isaac is, uh, he loves Esau because he had a, game, a taste for game. But, but Rebecca loved Jacob. And so mm-hmm. you're seeing the contrast between Rebecca's faith 
and Isaac's really lack of faith in, in the child that they pick. And, uh, and so what happens then in the rest of this story is Jacob, really through a lot of guiding from Rebecca, mm. gains not only the blessing, the birthright, uh, or I'm sorry, the birthright, which is the inheritance to the land, right. but also the blessing, the promise of eternal life and seed and all this. Uh, and so that's what we're tracking. And now the focus turns from uh, from Isaac to Jacob, uh-huh. right? All right, Jacob, um, whose name means supplanter, cheater, whatever. Um, now it's Jacob's turn to figure it out, and uh-huh. it's going to take him a while. Yeah, <laughs> hard knocks. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, and so Jacob has uh, uh, he he goes and uh, you know, and it's time for him to go get a wife, and so he goes back to the same family right. and. And he operates according to what his eyes see. He sees mm-hmm. uh, he sees uh, uh, Rachel, and she looks good to him. And he goes, "Oh no, not that! That's mm-hmm. the bad language, right?" Right. Uh, he gets Leah. Leah is his two twenty four one man one woman uh, wife, mm-hmm. and she has Reuben and Simeon and Levi and Judah. And the story is going to talk about the failure of Reuben, the failure of Simeon, the failure mm-hmm. of Levi, and then Judah. And by the end of the story, Judah is the carrier of the promise of Messiah. By this time, Jacob has, you know, children from four different women, right. and those become the four tribes of Israel. But at the end of the story, all of Israel, all of the 12 sons have come to faith in the promise, and the story is ready to move on. Hmm. So that's where we're, that's where we're headed. That's where we're headed. In the, in the story. And, and, uh, and so, uh, back to chapter, uh, chapter, uh, 26, uh, there was a famine in the land, just as there was before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Jacob and Isaac does the same things that Jacob did. You're going, oh, goodness. All right, <laughs> here we go. Right. Uh, he's in the, um, you know, this, my, my wife is my uh, sister, 26, nine. Mm-hmm. So a famine, he goes, he fears the wrong people. And, and it's just replaying over and over and over. Well, mm-hmm. what's the point for Israel? Well, um, don't fear the nations. <laughs> right. Fear the, fear Lord. the Lord. Stay in the land. Mm-hmm. Don't leave the land. Right. Um, Jacob, or I'm sorry, Isaac is going to uh, dig wells. Now the imagery is starting to come into the story. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, wherever he digs a well, living water comes from the from the well, and and um, and you're going to get this this water imagery uh, with the living water and the rock imagery. Jacob's mm-hmm. going to lay his head on the on rock. The rock. And, uh, and, uh, and so that's, uh, starting to, to, uh, develop. And, uh, but now it's time for Jacob. Jacob is, uh, is, needs a wife. And so that's the story. And so, mm-hmm. so this, the story is being told in such a way that Israel is learning their role as they're going to represent God to the nations. Mm-hmm. They're not, uh, when a famine comes, you don't run down to Egypt. Right. right. Well, uh, guess what happens with Jacob? Uh, Jacob. Uh, so there was a famine during uh, Abraham's mm-hmm. days. He went to Egypt. Egypt. Isaac's days does the same. And now Jacob. And now Jacob's going to go down to Egypt. Uh, and in fact, by the end of the story, uh, all of the sons have been down in Egypt. They are 70 in all, and they stay there. And they're told, remember back in chapter mm-hmm. 15, the Lord told Abraham, Abram, by this point of the story, mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that he's going to be down there, his seed's going to be down there, his descendants are going to be down there, and he's going to make him into a great nation, but they're going to be enslaved for 400 years, and then he will visit and bring them out with uh, under a mighty hand. 
now you're to Moses. Right? Mm-hmm. So now right. the, what was promised to the patriarchs, which was promised to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, now is be, being realized with Moses. Mm-hmm. Moses shows up on the scene and we're saying, okay, it's time for the story to get good. It's going to get really interesting now. <laughs> yeah. right? right. Now it's time for the Lord to get to work uh-huh. because he's going to take these people, take them to the land of promise that was promised to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. Now it's being realized. Uh, I am the God of your fathers, the God of, of Abraham and Isaac mm-hmm. and Jacob. Uh, and so I'm going to take them to the land and I'm going to be their God and they're going to be my people. Mm-hmm. And out of them will come the promised Messiah who will bless the nations. And so, uh, and so this is where the story's headed. Mm-hmm. So there's a kind of a time lapse there, 70 to what, a couple million? Yeah. A yeah. couple million after the 400 years, 400 yeah. plus years. And, uh, so yeah, they were uh, fruitful and multiplied. They did well <laughs> in that regard. Yeah, yeah, well, that's the language, right? Yeah, right and so, right. Uh, and so, it's interesting that uh, this happens several times. Uh, what well, always happens in the Bible mm-hmm. uh, that um, that the story will just skip giant chunks mm-hmm. of history. I mean, here's mm-hmm. 400 years where basically it gets just a handful of verses. Right? Uh, this is over in in, uh, in Exodus chapter one, verse seven. But the sons of Israel were fruitful. And increased greatly and multiplied and became exceedingly mighty so that the land was filled with them. That's it. Mm-hmm. Verse five, they started with 70 and now they're a multitude, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so, so, you know, there's times right. in the Bible where, you know, it's, you know, several uh, hundreds of years are, are summarized in a few verses. Other times where almost a daily account is mm-hmm. being given of what's going on. And so, the story tracks along with the promise. Mm-hmm. So now we're shifting gears from an individual person to the nation. And yes. what does it take to build a nation? Yeah, everything in this story, mm-hmm. everything in this story mm-hmm. after Genesis chapter 12, mm-hmm. I will make you a great, great nation. Mm-hmm. I will bless you. I will make your name great. Those who bless you, I will bless. Those who curse you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be mm-hmm. blessed. Everything mm-hmm. is about that, mm-hmm. right? I will make you a great nation. Well, at this point in the story with Abram back in chapter 12, he's one person with one wife. Mm-hmm. He said, a great nation, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed, and from you will come the one who will bless all of the the nations of the earth. And so you have to have Abram and Sarah, one man and one woman, be made mm-hmm. into a great nation, mm-hmm. and then all the nations of the earth will be blessed. And so I, I always remind people, what does it take to have a nation? Well, you've got to have people. Mm-hmm. Um, 70 people a nation does not make. Right. <laughs> right. right. Certainly not two, certainly that's not clean. 70. So, yeah. Yeah, that's some folks. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, my uh, uh, my mom's family has 11. She had uh, 10 brothers and sisters. Um, there's more than that in the house. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you, know, you can get to 70. I remember pretty, those days. Yeah, you can get to 70 pretty quick. Yeah. That's not a nation's, but you have to have people. Mm-hmm. You have to have land. Right, and so they've got a promise of land. Every, you know, Abraham is told that you go through the land, mm-hmm. and everywhere that your foot, the sole of your foot mm-hmm. touches, I will give it to your seed, mm-hmm. to your descendants as an inheritance. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he didn't have any descendants yet, uh, but he has the promise of the land, uh, and then you've got to have some form of government, mm-hmm. right? Some form of how we're going to, you know, operate uh, in the land with these people, mm-hmm. and that's going to be given through the law. Uh, you know, the judges and the priests and the prophets mm-hmm. and the kings were to rule over this people and to ensure that Israel did what was 
right in the eyes of the Lord. And so you've got the, the basic, uh, structure set up, how they're to function, mm-hmm. how they're to relate to the nations. You have Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, and then you have Jacob's 12 sons, uh, and, and that grows into 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now we, uh, have this promise of, I will make you a great nation. It's going to take time to get the multitude ready. Mm-hmm. The land has been promised, mm-hmm. right? But, uh, but now we've got to get, uh, get the multitude. And so, um, we speed the story along and, uh, it's summarized right. by, uh, but the sons of Israel were fruitful and increased greatly. Right. They were a multitude. Mm-hmm. Now we're ready to come out of Egypt and go to the land. Mm-hmm. And so, um, next up, Moses. Here we go. Right. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and so we've kind of went really quickly to, uh, through, uh, uh, through uh, Genesis there. Uh, mm-hmm. but, but now we're into Exodus and, and mm-hmm. Moses, uh, uh, is raised up, and we know that Moses isn't the promised one because we'll return back to this. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're looking for the promised one through the tribe of Judah, mm-hmm. and so in chapter two of Exodus, it says a man of uh, a Levite man married a Levite woman, and they had a child. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not the smartest tool in the sh- sharpest tool in the shed, but if a Levite marries a Levite, they have a Levite. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See how that works? It's yeah. Just real, real simple Together. stuff there. Yeah. <laughs> just connect the dots. Uh, and so you know this one's not the promised one. Well, who is he? Well, he's the one who's going to lead Israel out of the land. And so mm-hmm. Moses is raised up. Uh, he does these great miracles, these great signs uh, of deliverance. Uh, and uh, then uh, through the blood of the Passover lamb, this Passover celebration, these were the things that were to um, uh, set uh, the pattern for Israel, but also to always be looked back to. Mm-hmm. The Passover, the great deliverance that God delivered, uh, delivered us, Israel, from the mighty hand of Pharaoh, mm-hmm. right? And if he's able to deliver us from the mighty hand of Pharaoh, who shall we fear but the Lord, mm-hmm. right? So they were delivered through the blood of the Passover lamb, uh, and so they go out into the wilderness. So now they've got uh, the, the multitude. They're operating on the promise of the land. They're heading to the land. But they need the government. They need the law. Mm-hmm. And so they go straight to Mount Sinai. They're given the law, uh, book of Leviticus, and they're heading towards the land. That's the book of Numbers. They mm-hmm. count everybody up. They say, you mm-hmm. know, let's count everybody. We all here. Yeah, we're all here. Mm-hmm. First generation. Let's head to the land. Let's go take the land. They send out the 12 spies. Uh, and the 12 spies come back with a report. Ten of them say, um, this is a bad deal. Mm-hmm. The land is great, but... You know, there are giants in the land. Too much force. Yeah, we can't, we, we can't, can't do this. Mm-hmm. Caleb and, uh, and, uh, uh, and Joshua are two with a good report. Uh, and so the Lord judges them. He says, look, mm-hmm. uh, you're unfaithful. And so that whole first generation is wiped out in the wilderness, uh, including Moses. Moses mm-hmm. is going to die in the wilderness too. And we're going to wait. This is another one of those times where the story says, okay, you know, kind of, yeah, like that. On okay, right. let's let's tap our fingers and wait mm-hmm. until this comes uh, comes about because uh, that first generation is going to die. So for the next forty years, basically all Israel did was have funerals. Mm-hmm. Uh, who died today? Well, you know, Job and Fred, and they're all dead, and bury them. And and this was a constant, every day, all day, for forty years until the first generation is gone. And now Moses is at the end of the life, uh, his life. The second generation is there, and so. He gives the second generation the law again. He reminds mm-hmm. them of the covenant, reminds them of the law. Deutero, second, mm-hmm. Namas law. Second law, second generation. He reminds them of the covenant they made with the Lord uh, at the end of the book of Deuteronomy. 
Moses dies, and now Joshua takes Moses' place and leads them into the mm-hmm. land. Mm-hmm. Land, seed, uh, and government. You know, mm-hmm. they have the multitude, right? They, they count them up again at the end of right. the book of Numbers. They, the, the, the second generation replaces the first. God's been faithful uh, for his part. Mm-hmm. So the first generation has died. The second generation, none are lost. Same number of folks. They go... Uh, and they take the land, the book of Joshua, but they are to take the land according to the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are to utterly destroy the Amorites, the Hittites, the Canaanites, the Jebusites. We always laugh and say, if it's an ite, kill it. If yeah. it's a termite, kill it. Kill it. <laughs> if it breathes, Don't keep you know, it. <laughs> man, woman, child, animal, yeah. kill it all. Because the Lord your God is a jealous God. And uh, and if you don't, then they will cause you to follow other gods. They will cause you to follow the gods of the nations which are surrounding mm-hmm. you, and the Lord's a jealous God, and he'll wipe you on the face of the earth. Well, uh, we learn in the book of Joshua and in the book of Judges, they don't faithfully take the land. Mm-hmm. Um, all of them left the enemies in the land, and it's going to be a snare to them. And, and you're going to see as this develops, as Moses said back in Deuteronomy chapter 32 when he told the story, you're going to reject the Lord. You're going to mm-hmm. follow the gods of the nations. And then the Lord's a, an angry God and jealous God. He's going to judge you. Mm-hmm. He's going to turn you over. Uh, and so this is what's happening in, uh, in mm-hmm. the book of, uh, uh, of Judges. Right. Uh, and so you're watching, uh, Israel's, the, 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 the fruits of Israel's failure to walk faithfully in taking the land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, and so this is going to be a, be a problem for them. Now, back in the law, there were gov- there were rulers or, or people who were in authority over Israel. They were judges and priests and kings and prophets who were supposed to ensure that Israel did what was, quote, right in the eyes of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, that's going to deteriorate quickly. Right. The judges are going to fail in the book of Judges, starting in chapter 3 all the way down through chapter 16. You get this, this uh, progression or maybe... Um, would be the opposite of progression, uh, regression. Regression. Of, yeah, whatever that word is. Yeah, what, we're so, making them up. Yeah, make up the big words. I, I was going to make up a word. We'll probably use one that's already been used. Uh, uh, see, see this increasing failure of these judges. Every judge that comes yeah. on the scene is worse than the last. And, and you end up with Samson. Uh, and he wants a foreign wife. Yeah. Uh, get her, for she is right in my eyes. And his parents are saying, what's wrong with you, right? Yeah, a Nazarite. Yeah, and you're, you know, you're supposed to be a Nazarite. You're supposed mm-hmm. to uh, you know, be leading us in this, and you're doing what's right in your own eyes. Um, and so you get this total failure of the judges to establish righteousness in the land. In uh, chapter 17, the focus uh, turns to the priests. The judges are failing. There was no king in Israel. Every man did what was right in his own eyes. And that's the repeated refrain throughout chapter 17 through 21. Mm-hmm. And, and now the focus moves from the judges who have failed to the priests. You say, how are the priests doing? And it's as if the storyteller says, you thought the judges were bad. Do I have some stories for you? Wait till you see this. These guys right. are even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, rebellion, directly rebelling against the law, civil war, murder, Wiping out of uh, almost a whole tribe of Israel. Mm-hmm. These people are worthless. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get this little ray of hope. It's for the first time after the book of Judges, you get this little ray of hope. In the days that the judges judged, there was a famine in the land. And a certain man from the tribe of Judah. You know, wait a second. There's that name. There's that name. Yeah. Had a wife. 
His name is My God is King. He had a wife whose name was Pleasant, Naomi, Elimelech and Naomi. Mm-hmm. They're kicked out of the land. And they have two sons, sickly and wasting away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, gosh. They're, they're suffering the judgments right. of the law, Deuteronomy mm-hmm. 28, Leviticus mm-hmm. 26. Um, but this, uh, this Mechlon, this first son, has a wife whose name is Ruth. And you watch Ruth. And yeah. the story of Ruth and Boaz. And, and so the right uh, tribe, the right genealogy produces uh, Obed, son of Jesse, son of David. Right. And, and we're switching gears. Now you're back. So the genealogy yeah. that was left off, the genealogy that you see in, in Genesis chapter 38, which ends with Perez, now the story of Ruth begins with Perez. Mm. It's as if the storyteller says, uh, meanwhile, right. you know, remember right. back of the yeah. Super Friends, right. meanwhile, well, back yeah. at the Hall, Hall of Justice. Justice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, <laughs> back in the land of promise, I think they there was that a certain somewhere. man yeah. and a certain wife mm-hmm. who had a certain son, and they all yeah. died. But the the son had a wife, right. and she was faithful. And then uh, Boaz was faithful, and they raised yeah. up this kid yeah. that came from Perez. And the genealogy begins with Perez, and it goes mm-hmm. down to uh, to to Obed, which means servant, to Jesse, who was the father of David. Mm-hmm. And there's this little ray of hope that comes back into the story. Yeah. Right. And now back to the story. Yeah. And so you pick it up with Samuel. Samuel's there, and Samuel's a judge, mm-hmm. and Samuel's a priest, and Samuel's a prophet. Prophet. But Samuel's not a king. Right. Right. And and so you're watching Israel's rebellion. They rebel against the Lord. They reject Samuel. Uh, Samuel laments. He says, "You know, Lord, they've rejected me." And the yeah. Lord says, "They haven't rejected you, Samuel. They've rejected me from being mm-hmm. king over them." And so they wanted a king. Israel wanted a king like the other nations to fight their battles uh, for them. And and so it's the story of Israel's Saul asking for a king, and God gives them what they ask for, gives mm-hmm. them King Saul. Mm-hmm. And uh, King Saul comes onto the scene, and and uh, King Saul is from the tribe of Benjamin. It's the wrong tribe. Wrong one. Um, but, uh, but you remember back to when Judah uh, laid down his life or was willing to lay down his life for Benjamin and and uh, and and so you're seeing this connection between Judah and Benjamin all the way yeah. through the story. Yeah. And so here's this this first king is from the from Benjamin, and they asked for a king, and God gave them what they asked for. And and then this, you know, and, and Saul's doing pretty good. I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's fighting battles against Nakash, mm-hmm. uh, winning battles. Uh, you know, this king Nakash comes and says, "I'll I'll uh, I'll fight your battles for you." Saul says, no, I've got this. Now, uh, the Nakash name probably is not familiar to you, but Nakash means serpent. It goes back to Genesis chapter 3. And so the serpent says, hey, Israel, I'll be king for you. I'll fight your battles for you. And Saul says, no, I'll do it. And so Saul delivers them. um, And Saul's doing okay Mm -hmm. until Saul rebels uh, against the Lord and doesn't follow the instruction of the Mm -hmm. Lord. And so Saul... Uh, is removed from his kingship. His anointing is removed in in First uh, uh, Samuel chapter sixteen. This is right before the David and Goliath story. Remember, right. Saul was chosen to fight Israel's battles for Israel. You he know, was their king. Yeah, he says, uh, you know, we we want want someone to fight our battles for us. And so the Philistine Goliath, the giant, comes out and he says, "Choose one man from among yourself." Hmm. 
Uh, excuse me, Saul, you're up. You're the one. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think because calling for you, Saul. you know, I, I think it's one of the things we forget, or maybe we don't even know about the anointing of the king. Yes, because you see Samuel doing that with David. You're yes. probably going to talk about that in a minute, yeah. but Saul was the anointed king for Israel. He was yes. the one. Yes, which means he was supposed to fight. Absolutely, and he knows this, right? Well, and that's why he was chosen. Yeah. Uh, Israel asks uh, a king like mm-hmm. all the other nations to fight our battles for mm-hmm. us. Up until mm-hmm. this point, the Lord's been fighting the battles, right. you know, throwing down. Like, you know, they're not doing anything in battle yeah. that would cause He's them to paving win. the way. Yeah, you know, they're they're going into battle and, you know, they've got a few, uh, you know, trumpets and the clay pots and right. some lanterns. Lanterns. And they're, and they're winning. You know, <laughs> yeah. wait a second. You know, what's going on here? Uh, march around the city seven times mm-hmm. and blow a trumpet. Right. And the walls will fall down and... The Lord will throw hailstones at them and kill them all. Yeah. Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a second. See, see, the Lord's been fighting their battles for them, but now they want Saul. And mm-hmm. so the, the Philistine, uh, Goliath, the giant says, choose one man. Mm-hmm. Saul, you're up. Mm-hmm. See, but Saul's anointing has been removed and David has been anointed back right. in chapter 16. And so now David walks in and says, who is this? Mm-hmm. Uncircumcised Philistine. Right. Uh, and so David goes in and, and he wins the battle, right? Mm-hmm. The, the Lord's anointed wins the battle, and now the focus turns to David. And David is from yeah. the tribe of Judah. And Jonathan, Saul's uh, Saul's son, Jonathan, is loyal to David. They make a covenant. Again, this is the Benjamin and Judah connection, and mm-hmm. and uh, and so they make a covenant. Uh, and uh, and David is going to walk off into the story and the promise uh, of Messiah, which was given back in Genesis 3.15, which you've tracked all the way through Abraham, through Isaac, through Jacob, now to Judah, now down through Perez, down through the genealogy, Mm -hmm. down through the book of Ruth, now to David. Now he has the Davidic covenant. The Messiah will come Mm -hmm. from David. Mm -hmm. I will raise up a son after you Mm -hmm. uh, to be the seed. And so so we're looking for... The, the, the descendant of David, mm-hmm. the promised Messiah that will come from David, who will, you know, destroy Satan and, and destroy sin and sickness and sorrow and suffering and death and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. The, the story's on David. Yeah, I think, and, you know, I didn't know this uh, for the longest time, but, and I think one day we were walking through the story of David and Goliath and even his armor, because we talk about the seed of the serpent, the enmity, and even in that battle, we're talking about the one against the one, you know, the Messiah, and yeah, so everything about it's that really body. tight there. Oh yeah, well, everywhere through this, which story. I can't make that when I know that, right? I can't make that story yeah, about and me, we'll, and we'll return back to that in, right. in weeks to right. come. Right. Yeah, but, right. but every yeah. single little yeah. detail, it keeps referring back to that Genesis story, three, Genesis yeah. three fifteen, yeah. the fall, yeah. the promise, yeah. the, uh, and if we don't get that right, 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 that's why we spent so much time in Genesis. If mm-hmm. we don't get that right. We're going to miss, miss it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to miss it. And I think it, as we're wrapping up for today, the propensity, the individual propensity to turn back to Egypt, turn back because of fear, driven by fear, uh, not trusting God, when God's constantly saying, I'm the one, I'm the one. So individually in Genesis, we see that with the, with the fathers. Then they move into as a nation, now as a nation, to be one under God. They have that same propensity as we walked through Exodus, and they're they're doing what? Were there not enough graves in Egypt? Right. We couldn't die there. You got to bring us out of the wilderness. <laughs> so I think as we also go through this story, we see this faithful God. We see his faithfulness from the beginning to the end. Mm-hmm. And we have the same issue as people. 
He's calling us to faith. He's calling us to obedience, just to love him. As you've said many times, it's real simple. Love God, love others, love your brother. Right. It, it all rests right there. And, and we just, in the, the wickedness of our heart, oh, to, yeah. to, because of fear, you know, God is still, or, or doubting God, which is back in Genesis, yep. doubt God's word, doubt his goodness. So we're going to run to, we're going to run to something else or someone else. Yeah. And here's the good we news. See that. He's faithful when we're faithless. Yes. And the next thing that happens in the story is oh. David and Bathsheba. Yeah. And you're going, oh, no. Mm-hmm. And the penalty of David and Bathsheba is four times death. Mm-hmm. And so on the one hand, David is carrier of the promise of Messiah. And you're going to watch David and Bathsheba's son die, then Amnon die, and Absalom die, and Adonijah die. And then the story is going to turn to Solomon. Mm-hmm. And Solomon's going to follow other gods. And you're going to go, no. And then the kings did evil in the eyes of the Lord and caused oh. Israel to sin. And then the prophets show up and they can't, you know. And and by the end of this Old Testament story, Israel's back out of the land, back in, quote, in Egypt. Right. Back under Gentile rule. And they need the new Moses to come. Right. right? And so Israel's, it's a story mm. of their faithlessness and God's faithfulness. Fullness. And sometimes I think for us, uh, we can have a... a, a it's guilt, and it, it you know guilt can be a good thing. The spirit mm-hmm. convicts us, but then we get to the point where we say, "Well, um, I'm just so evil. I'm so bad. God certainly can't give me any more mercy." Mm-hmm. And when we say that, uh, we underestimate God's mercy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is faithful when we're faithless. Yeah, Israel was faithless. And don't be shocked when there are days when you're faithless and I'm faithless. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the good news. Yeah. He's faithful. And Always he, has been. He cannot deny who he is. Amen. Amen. Well, that's good. I think that's good for us today. Encourage people as they're reading the story and learning more about this incredible God. It humbles me. Every time we have our conversations, every time we're walking through the Word, connecting the dots, and it, it just brings me back to how incredible he is. And how I just I'm overwhelmed by yeah. His mercy. Who is like the Lord? Yeah, yeah. When if we were going to have a little girl, we were going to name her Micah. Oh, uh, Who is like, like the, the Lord? Lord? Yeah, well, yeah. There is none. Hmm. Well, David, thank you for today. Looking forward to again getting back in, and and that's the exciting part about this time for me is that we're we're walking through, but yet we're going to find ourselves always going back and forward to how it's all just getting tighter and tighter. So, thank you for today. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. For more information, download our app. If you have any questions or desire to continue our discussion from today's topic, send an email to teachmethebible at championfellowship.org. Remember, your belief drives your behavior. See you next time.